0: you are the expert on yourself. And too often, we discount the things that our body is telling us, that our hearts are telling us, and that our brains are telling us. Ignoring yourself only leads to you probably becoming more frustrated, more disconnected, and more unsure of why you're spending your time doing what you're doing. So just taking the things that your body, your brain, and your heart are asking for and delivering on those because it's, it's you taking care of you that's going to help you stay sustained over the long term.
1: Welcome to Ecosystems for Change, where we co-author the playbook on transforming communities by amplifying the impact of changemakers around us. Whether you are an entrepreneur or otherwise changemaker yourself. A citizen who loves their community with a passion and wants to see it thrive. Whether you are a mentor, investor, support organization, advisor, philanthropic funder, economic developer or policymaker. Learn the practical tools and proven tactics of ecosystem builders from all around the world to better support the dreamers, doers, tinkerers, and makers in your community by taking a systems approach to social change. I'm your host, Annika Horn. In today's episode, we make our way to Fargo, North Dakota to talk to my good friend, Annie Wood. I first met Annie through Startup Champions Network and was fortunate enough to visit her community during our fall summit in 2018. Shortly thereafter, Annie left the host organization and started a new chapter of her life. In this episode, Annie shares a little bit about what was going on behind the scenes at the time, how she regrouped after leaving the profession as an entrepreneurial ecosystem builder, and what this next chapter looked like. We talked about the grief of letting go of what could have been and how to find back to yourself when you are letting go of a part of your professional identity. Let's go to Fargo. Anywood, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. I have been so looking forward for months now to have you on here and talk to you because you are a wonderful person who I selfishly don't want to share with anyone, but absolutely want to share with everybody who listens to this show. So thank you for being here. You are calling in from Fargo, South Dakota today. North Dakota. See, I I told my husband, I'm talking to Annie from Fargo in one of the Dakotas. One of the Dakotas. And he said, oh, South Dakota. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. That that sounds reasonable. Um, (laughs) You're calling in from Fargo, North Dakota. I obviously know that because I've been there, duh. Annie, if I were to come to your community, where would you take me to show me around?
0: Oh, well, it's so great to be with you, and thanks for having me on. I have always loved chances to chat with you, and so to do this in a recorded format is really fun. So I keep something on hand that I like to call Annie's list of favorites, and so that's something that I often share when people are coming to visit uh, us in Fargo. So I break it down into like my favorite restaurants, my favorite places to get cocktails, my favorite places to go be in nature. So a couple highlights. One would be burn bombs, and you might have seen it. Actually, it was recently in the New York Times um, because Andrea Baumgartner and her team have been just skyrocketing to fame, I think, if you could call it that. But it's this incredible Jewish fusion deli. So they bring the best items from Jewish tradition and mash them up with Nordic traditions. And so it's this really creative little space. It um, has been one of my favorites since they originally started. And Andrea's dream was like, oh, I just want to try out some new recipes and see what's happening. So that's a favorite place to take people. And I love it because no matter what day of the week or hour of the day I'm there, I run into someone that I know and I get to introduce like a visitor to, hey, this is so-and-so from our community. So that's really fun. The other place that I love to take people is called Drecker. It's a it's a brewing hall, if you will, in Fargo Moorhead, and they have been just continuing to expand and to do cool things, not only making great beer, but also trying to find ways to bring the community in. So they have hosted creative mornings in their space. They have hosted craft fests and they're in the process of building um, a new space to add on to what they call brewhalla. So they're starting to add on spaces for, for a food hall and for more like built-in crafters and makers. Really excited about that. So one other thing I like to do is Fargo's not necessarily maybe the place you think of for outdoor adventures, but we actually have really beautiful lakes country nearby us in Minnesota, and also within Fargo Moorhead we have some cool spaces um, that are part of our Audubon Dakota network. And so there's a place called Forest River that I love to take people to. It's this beautiful nature trail, and then it's partnered with something called Orchard Glen, which is a project where they've planted a wide variety of fruit trees and berries, berry bushes, and people can go and harvest throughout the year so those are some fun kind of unique little places in Fargo that I love to share when people come to visit
1: I can't think of a better advocate and varsity cheerleader of Fargo than you so I'm totally I am not surprised by all these recommendations (laughs) I also have to say when we came to Fargo I don't know how many years ago um maybe six or seven was startup yeah about You sent out Annie's List, and I was like, Oh my God, this is genius. So I started anicalives.com, where I put my recommendations for all the places I've lived so far because I so appreciated to have this local guide to where's the good coffee, where are the good restaurants, where do you go and have a fun time. And it was all inspired by Annie's List. And I was like, I want to have an Annika's List because I want people who come to my community to have the local experience that I so appreciate this community for. So um, that was very inspiring, Annie, and all credit goes to you.
0: Oh Well, thanks. I can't
1: wait to visit places you've lived and try out your list. Speaking of our visit to Fargo, I'm going to mention Dragon Boat Races and Midnight Brunch, and you are a self-declared embracer of weirdness which I can attest to, but like in the most loving and enjoyable and fun way. Tell me more about what is up with the weirdness.
0: Honestly, um, just claiming that I'm weird allows me so much more freedom to do things. And so that's kind of why I started doing it. I was like, no one bats an eye now when I share an off-the-cuff idea or something that's a little quirky. They're like, oh yeah, that's so on brand for you. So for example, uh, I pitched to a couple of friends that we should host a faux art show on April Fool's Day. And the catch is, in order to RSVP and be able to attend, you have to submit a piece of artwork from your childhood. Or if you don't have that available for whatever reason, you could submit a piece of artwork, but it has to be when you were like created by you as a novice. So like if you're a photographer, you cannot submit a photo, get in the ceramic studio and make us something. And so hosting it on April Fool's Day is also just kind of a fun added bonus, but it's really just a way to celebrate joy and creativity, to remind ourselves to not take it too seriously and that creativity is for everyone, that art doesn't have to be quote unquote good to be appreciated. And so we're hosting that this year and I'm really excited about it. But when I pitched it, um, everyone who I talked to about it was like, oh my gosh, that's A, so fun and B, so very you. And I was like, that's the best compliment I could get is that people are ready and willing to embrace like all the weird ideas that I have. And I do actually just like, keep a Google Doc every time I have like a weird idea. I just pop it open and jot it down because I'm like, even if I never actually do this, just not forgetting that idea reminds me that good ideas ideas come from inspiration all over the place.
1: I feel like I have five good, well, I have five ideas a day. Maybe one of them is good, but I never write them down. I love that. That's such a great idea. So everybody who's listening, start writing down those ideas because you never know when you're going to pull up that document and be like, wow, I have a lot of really good ideas. Let's change pace a little bit, shall we? I brought you on the show because I want to talk about quitting in this season. And I have reached out to you because I am familiar with your story. I was there for part of it. And I would love to talk a little bit more about your experience in Fargo of transitioning out of a role where you were really passionate about community building and then finding a completely new and different outlet to continue doing that aspect of the work. But before we dive into that, can you tell us a little bit more about your quitting moment? Take us back to... The room, the time, the organization, and what was going on in your life at the time?
0: I'd be happy to. So, I think that that moment of quitting for me was actually, you know, saying it to myself a couple times and before I really believed it or was really willing to act on it. Um, I started counseling because there were some things going on in my own life and within the organization that I just didn't know how to deal with on my own. And so, I knew I needed that help to process things. And, but the moment that really showed me that, like, the way forward was to quit and give myself that gift. Um, it's funny that I actually was in a room in the building where I currently work um, because we were doing a leadership team retreat here and um, had rented space and the exec director at the time. We were trying to do some organizational planning because we at the time had had a variety of people and we had let some folks go and we were kind of reorganizing and thinking about the future. And he looked at me and said, well, Annie, are you even going to be here in six months? And I didn't have a good answer for that. I had to say, I don't know. You know that I've been in counseling and trying to deal with what's going on and I can't make you that promise. I honestly have no idea what to tell you if I'll be here in six months because I might have to do what's best for me. And that was a hard moment because I hadn't really said those words out loud outside of a counselor's office before. And I think that was maybe surprising um, to the folks in the room. And because I did care a lot about the work that we were doing and I really believed in it. Um, But I think I was starting to recognize that I was not the Annie that I wanted to be anymore and that I might have to make a change in order to really find myself again.
1: Did it just kind of topple out of your mouth and you are like, oops, I didn't mean to say that out loud? Or did you feel confident when it came out?
0: <laughs> I think it was one of those, like, I heard myself saying it. and I was like, oh, no, that was supposed to be an inside thought, you know. Uh, but then I was like, obviously, if this is what my body needed to, like, expel out of my mouth, it must be the truth. Because I think I had been trying to ignore my heart and my body and what it been, had been telling me for probably, like, six months at that point. That's heavy. That's hard.
1: What happened from that moment forward? What were some of those big steps that eventually led you out of the organization, out of the situation?
0: yeah, so uh after that happened, I had a fortunately had a counseling appointment not too many days later, and so I was talking to Liz, who was my counselor at the time, just about that, and she said well annie what do you what are you feeling? What do you want to do? What makes the most sense to you? Like what does your heart know to be true?" And I was like, "There's not a way for me to be healthy, and who i the person I hope to be." and stay in this role in this organization and she was like okay well then let's start to figure out how do you process almost like the grief of letting go of something the ways in which you want to to wrap up your time because I am someone who believes in ending things well, um, not just for the recency bias right, of people remembering the last things you did, but we had also committed as an organization to hosting um, the event that you came to Fargo for. And I cared a lot about the folks we were bringing to Fargo for that. And I wanted to show you our community and show you the good work. And so I kind of put that as my finish line to some degree um, of like, I'm going to see that through. And then I really think it's going to be time for me to wrap up. Did anyone just hear my jaw drop? What?
1: I didn't know that you already knew when we came.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I I hadn't set an end date yet. I actually, like the first week of September um, that year, got called into my ED's office and learned that our HR service was on the phone. And I got told that my last day would be September 30th and I was like oh okay I guess I will go process that because I knew that I needed to get through the event we're hosting and that was like kind of late September but I had kind of thought that I would start the process after that instead of being like okay you're hosting that event and then the next week it's done. So it was a little hard to not have ownership totally in that decision of exactly when the end would be but um, perhaps to some degree like with years of hindsight, uh, it is a gift that someone just did that, and I didn't have to make that decision. Okay, hold on, hold on.
1: Your ED called you into the office, so HR could tell you when your end date was?
0: I mean, he did. We had, we had a contracted HR service at the time, so I think he just like wanted a witness to the conversation, perhaps. I'm not totally sure. We never really revisited that conversation after that.
1: I'm sorry. I'm just I'm trying to picture the room did, and, and what, did your ED say anything or was he just kind of listening in on speaker? How did that work?
0: Oh, no, he, he said it. He said oh, basically like, Annie, I know that you've been thinking about like needing to be done based on a couple of things you said. And like, so your last day is going to be September 30th. Do you have any questions? And I was like, oh, is this related to like performance or something else? And he's like, I just think you need to be done. And I was like, okay, then I think I need to go home for the day.
1: Yeah. And and stay in my bed for about a week because this was supposed to be my, ugh, okay, I'm, I'm not going to go into that, um, but it sounds hard. I think having agency over the terms and conditions under which you move on is a big step of being able to process and close things out. But you know what? People handle things very differently. So we're just going to leave it at that for now. What happened after September 30th of that year?
0: So I had basically like three, three and a half weeks to kind of figure out like, okay, commit to ending things well. So commit to hosting this group of ecosystem builders in our community and then really look at what is that last week of September? What do I want it to look like for me? Um, And so that was – that took – some processing with my counselor to say, like, what does it ending well mean for me? And so it, for me, it meant really looking at how do I hand off any projects that I care about? How do I make sure that there's ability for continuity? And how do I care for my teammates to some degree? Because by and large, folks working at that organization at the time were friends of mine. I had played a role in hiring them. And so I didn't want to leave them in a lurch, right? I didn't want to make them feel like Annie dropped all this stuff on us. She dumped a bunch of stuff on us. And so I was really just asking myself, like, what would ending well look like and committing to doing that. And that was easier some days than others. And I'll be totally honest that like there were plenty of days I cried before work. I would leave somewhere and go cry during work and I would come back and just try to do the best work that I could Um, because I was like, at the end of the day, this is about making sure that the community is cared for um, and I will have my own space in a counseling office to process. Um, But in in that process, I also said, you know what I want to do? I want to take October and just not have to worry about looking for a job or finding a job. And so I called it Annie-tober because I love putting my names in things because I'm weird like that. And so I just committed to saying October is going to be for me. And finding ways to do things that you know could help me reset, could help me reconnect with myself. And so some days it looked like laying in a hammock and taking naps. And some days it looked like traveling to my hometown and spending time with my mom. Um, and sometimes it looked like f- calling up a friend and saying like, hey, do you want to go to lunch today? I don't have anything on my schedule. And so just really allowing myself that space for rest, which I hadn't had in the previous two and a half, almost three years, which had just been a hectic go, go, go type of pace.
1: I love Annie Tober probably even more than Annie's list, because I know that Annie Tober (laughs) has continued to come every year and bring so much joy to not just you, but to those of us who follow you religiously on Instagram and want to see what Annie Tober this year is all about. Are you able to do that while you're working full time or do you take a whole month off and just just do you?
0: I wish I could take the whole month off and just do me for every year. But uh, so now I celebrate the anniversary of Annie-tober and I've just leaned into it more as a time for reflection and reconnecting to myself. And a lot of people use the new year as a way to reset or check in or do goals. And I actually use Annie-tober for that. It's just a way better time for me where I live in the world of it's fall. And so the season is changing. And in January, it's very dark and cold here. and So I'm very unmotivated to do anything. But in October, like it's still there are still warm days and sunshine and beautiful leaves. And so I try to take some days off or plan a trip or do something. And then um, every day I am looking for things to just like, what do I appreciate about the life that I've crafted and the life that I get to live, whether that is the people or the places that I am spending my time. So I just really try to be intentional during any Tober now um, about just noticing and checking in and finding ways to make sure that... I am the Annie that I want to be because that was really that first Annie-tober was so much of trying to do like a super hard reset, like get back to the factory default settings of who I was. And now it's like, oh, okay, we need to power up this or turn that down a little um, to just sort of stay in alignment with myself and my values.
1: Speaking of staying in alignment and building these rituals for yourself, I know one thing that you have spent a lot of time thinking about and working on and, and that you work with other people on. Is a personal manifesto. If you were ever to write a handbook on how to do any tober the proper way, I am totally here for that. But let's talk about that personal <laughs> manifesto, the personal values, which it sounds like those are really reflected in any tober. What is a personal manifesto? What do people need it for, and how do you help them get there?
0: Sure. I think sometimes manifesto gets people a little like, what are we doing? So a lot of times I talk about it through the lens of values. And so for me, um, it really just is saying, What are the actions that I'm taking every day? Are they in alignment with who I think I want to be? And to know that those can be flexible over time and in different seasons of our lives, things might flex and change. And so I think that's one of the things that I really encourage folks is like, hey, the way to look at your values is what do I want to spend my time doing? What brings me joy? What brings me peace? And what is the meaning I want to help create in the world? So um, I would say a couple of my personal deeply held values. One is unconditional human worth. And that is every person is worthy by simply existing. And that it's about treating folks with dignity and respect and love. Um, and another personal value of mine, which is probably not a surprise, is community. Is bringing people together and celebrating who they are and what we can create together. And so it's it's just really looking for – and I don't don't have like a super cleanly written like manifesto, like two sentences that I can recite for you off the cuff, Um, but I've just spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, if I believe in human worth and I believe in community, how can I use those two things to guide me toward the work that I do? Whether that is working with students every day, whether that is working with people in the community to say, how do we just help you find opportunities to invest your time and your talents into what you find meaningful? And – look for those places where you feel like, huh, my like my heart or my head is telling me something's rubbing or creating friction there and start to question why. Why is that? What is it about that situation? And so I really love working with, with people who are just haven't had maybe the space to think about that or haven't known exactly what questions to ask in order to uncover that because it can be a little scary or a little vulnerable even with just the voice in your own head right admitting things to yourself um, can sometimes be really hard and so just giving people the feeling of a guide where that's like here's some questions to ponder here's some things to journal about you don't have to get to a polished I can publish this manifesto in order to live in a way that's in alignment with who you want to be
1: I want to reiterate that when we find ourselves kind of lost or we don't know what's next, I think it's often because we've been either ignoring the voices for too long and we've kind of accustomed to just shutting our ears or sometimes we're just too busy to to listen to those voices, to step back enough and say, wait a minute, is this even the life I want to be leading? And if not... How do I go about changing anything and not just, you know, like get a divorce and move to a different pl- uh, continent or something, but, but even just a small thing. So I think there's huge value in how you were able to translate much of your experience and personal reflection into something that other people can use too, to be like, is this really who I want to be and how I want to be leading my life? This is so valuable, Annie. Are you you doing consulting work on the side? Is this something people can come and pay you lots of dollars for?
0: (laughs) Um, Yes, actually, I do work with folks from time to time to facilitate, whether that's for teams, um, to think about, do you want to do this through an individual lens so you can talk about it? as like, hey, these are my personal values, and this is how I'm operating. I also have done it as like as a group or an organization. What are our shared values? So that's been really fun for me to do. I'm actually leading a session next week for a leadership program in our community um, with a group of 35 under 35 women. So they are folks who are focused on personal and professional development, and I actually got to go through the program a few years ago myself and um, got to develop actually this activity um, for another thing that I had done and was able to incorporate it into the program. And so they've they've brought it into the program. It's been part of it for like five years now and I've gotten to facilitate it with the groups and it's been really cool.
1: That sounds amazing and I would love to be a fly on the wall and just watch you unfold your magic in front of these women. I hope they know how fortunate they are to have you facilitate this with all of the experience and just personal investment you bring to this. Annie uh, what does life look like now? Obviously, you're not in the field that you were in before, but I know that you have found a really, really sweet spot
0: in doing work you love and care about. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So after Annie um, I just used that time to try and say like, what are the values? What are the things? How do I want to spend my time? And I reached out to a huge variety of folks who at some point had known me through a volunteer role when we were doing something. Um, a mentor of mine from college, I reached out to a lot of people and just asked them if they would listen to me talk basically of like, hey, can you help me process this? You know me, you've known me, you've watched me work. Um, help me identify what brings me joy and light and ease. And so that was a really cool opportunity to just spend some time in those types of conversations. And I actually read a book called The Inventurers, um, which we can talk more about eventually. But it was really cool to just say, hey – just because I was doing one thing and now I'm not doing that anymore doesn't mean I can't find things that are meaningful. And so um, in that process, I actually got to have like a soft landing place at a company called Tellwell that is run by my friend Max. I actually met him while I was at my ecosystem building job. He was a member of our co-working space. And so he called me and just said, hey, I don't know what you're up to, what you hope for, but if you're looking for a place to land, here's a project I really could use help with and we could talk about full time. So it's honest with him in like all of my reflection conversations that I really wanted to get back into working with students, specifically in higher education, because I love working with students. They're in a growth mindset, they're in a learning space, and they often, so often, are like, delightfully awkward as they come to navigate college and need to find friends and community and ways to spend their time that's productive and meaningful besides just going to class. So I let him know that I was really interested in trying to get back into higher ed. And he said, that's awesome. Can I support you in doing that by giving you a place to spend some time uh, while you figure that out? And so I was able to do that and spent about 10 months or six months, sorry, with Tellwell um, just working with their team, helping them create some new processes for project management, kind of helping them level up as they were starting to get more and more clients. And then um, in that timeframe, I knew that uh, Minnesota State University of Moorhead, where I currently work, was opening up a totally new role that they hadn't had before and that I was really intrigued by it. And so I just committed to sharing with Max all the way along the process, what I was doing and what was happening, and ended up being able to join the team here uh, at the university in May of 2018. And so... Now my day to day is honestly, um, Working in student activities, my job is to make sure that students have a really well-rounded college experience. I like to joke that like I'm too old to be your friend, so like let me help you make friends your own age. Because trust us when we say we've crafted the types of things that will help set you up to be successful in finding those connections and relationships. And that I get to work with and support students all day, every day who want to create things on our campus, whether that is a crafting night or doing live music or something else entirely. I get to work with them and say, tell me about your idea tell me why this is important who do you want to come why why do you want to create this and then help navigate them with the logistics pieces that you know universities are not exactly known for being super easy to navigate or having no barriers or doing really fast things Um, and so I get to kind of play that role of I'm not necessarily the person who's trying to build the community here on campus for myself I'm trying to empower the students to build the kind of communities that they are seeking and that has just been really fulfilling for me
1: and what a huge benefit to the students to not just make their student life more enjoyable, but build community, um, which I firmly believe is great for their mental health. And, And college is such a big transition for so many of us. So to have someone who's looking out for them, who's an Annie on top of that, sounds like an incredible experience. And if anyone in any higher ed institutions around the world is listening, please hit up Annie, ask for a job description, Raise a budget for this role so you can provide your students with a, within any of your own. I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> That's um, so fun. And I think so too. I think this is something we need more of. Annie, I want to go back to this. Um, something you said earlier really, really resonated with me. The grief of letting go. Um, mm. You seem to have process fact that your job is not who you are. And yet, as people who are so driven by passion, by what we believe in, by our values, I think it's really easy to tightly weave the two into one. And then when you leave that job, you have to do all of that unwinding and decoupling, so to speak, from that identity perspective. I know you had counseling, which I highly recommend for really anyone and everyone just to stay sane these days. But what are some other ways in which you were able to process through that grief? It sounds like you had some amazing mentors along the way and friends who listened. For someone who is going through that or who's considering quitting their role as an ecosystem builder and and maybe is scared of taking that step, do you have any piece of advice on on how to how to manage that grief and how to go through that without I don't even know without what, but how to navigate through that grief without causing more damage than absolutely
0: necessary? That's such a great question. And I I don't know if I have the perfect answer because everyone is their own expert in themselves and their experiences. For me, a few things that really helped was just letting myself feel my feelings. I come from a very midwestern family where we like buried a lot of feelings and it was like I had to dig out and actually get something called the Feelings Wheel it's produced by the Gottman Institute and it's this beautiful resource that like in the middle has all the most basic emotions right like angry sad happy but then as you go further and further out it helps get you more more words to identify more complexity in your feelings or more nuance and so that was honestly really helpful because I could go from like I'm really mad or I'm really sad to more like I feel a sense of loss. I feel uh, I feel frustrated. I feel unheard and and being able to just name some of those feelings in a different way was really helpful for me. Um there's some really great researchers out there who talk about being able to name the feeling helps you move through it. Um I also really committed to saying like, what are the things that make me feel good? So instead of dwelling in my grief and my sorrow and wallowing, I said, how can I seek little moments of joy? And that's part of why Annie Tober has continued to be about seeking joy and ease and peace and recording that for myself uh, through my Instagram account over the course of October or Annie Tober. And so grief is hard and grief takes a long time and there are still days when things bubble up. And to be honest... Um, every year when I see the organization I used to work for host um, their big annual event, I get a pang of sadness. And I get a little bit of those questions of like, ah, what if I would have stuck it out? And then because I know myself well enough, I can say, Annie, yeah, you might have been able to stick it out, but like, look at what you've built now. And so I think like grief is sometimes like wishing for something we didn't. Get to have, or we wish we could have. But if I've learned anything, it's that you can't have it all, all at once. And there are so many things about my life now that I absolutely wouldn't trade for anything, any opportunity that could be created. And I also um, I think that, like, instead of wishing people ill, right? Like, when sometimes when we leave and we're angry, I think like you're like, I want it to burn down. And I'll be honest, there were days where I felt that a little bit. But now, being able to say they have brought people into that organization and they have reimagined themselves to some degree and they've been able to continue to do really important good work in our community. And like, I may not be able to like pom-poms celebrate that every day, but it is a really good reminder that like, At the end of the day, as important as I was, maybe in the day to day of the organization for a time, it didn't need me to exist. And so, therefore, like great things can happen in the world all around me and I can celebrate them and be happy for them, but I don't always have to be the one doing them.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is why I wanted to have any wood on the show because I have never heard anyone speak with so much grace and kindness and forgiveness about a really hard transition. So, any Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and I almost want to end on this mic drop moment, but of course, I'm not going to let you go after only 30 <laughs> minutes. So we're going to keep going here. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Any another thing that came to mind is over the last, probably since the pandemic has broken out, what is it, three years now? Um, mm-hmm. I've known a lot of ecosystem builders constantly who are looking for a job and who are really struggling because obviously it's, it's super niche. It's very hard to find a well-paying job that looks for a community builder with all these sort of like intangible soft skills that can create something really great. I love the way how you approached your job hunt. It sounds, it, it sounds like it wasn't even a hunt. It was a peeling back of the layers. It was an exploration of, of who you want to be and where you want to invest your time and your passions. In looking back, is there anything that you can share with ecosystem builders who are currently looking for their next role, something maybe that you wish you had known at the end of September 2018?
0: Yeah, I think there are some things that you can do to just, like, get yourself a guided journal. If you're not a journaler, find something else. Record voice memos, right? I think hearing yourself or seeing yourself talk and process what you're thinking and feeling is really valuable. I think we often discount the fact that we are experts on ourselves, right? Think about it. You're so willing to listen to a TED talk where someone shares what they've learned from their experience, but we are so quick to discount that I might have learned something from my experiences also. And so just really taking that time to say, I am an expert on me. And sometimes it might be hard to admit some things to ourselves, um, but that. There's no harm in writing that down in a journal or recording it in a voice memo. You can burn the journal later. You can delete the voice memo. This is not, you know, the gospel truth about who you are, but sometimes it's like about, hey, where have I been? And was that good for me? Like, do I want more of that? Or was that not actually the best version of me? And do I need to do something different? And it doesn't have to be a wholesale change, right? It doesn't have to be uh Cut off all my hair, diet pink, move to a new country—kind of move. But sometimes it's small habits or small changes that we can make that just bring us back more and more into alignment. So you're just asking yourself, like, what is it that gives me peace and gives me joy, and how do I find more of that? Was just truly like my guiding mantra for a long time. Um, and then I think too, finding resources in the community or finding people who can help you articulate the skills that you do have. Like you were saying, Annika, we have people around us who often observe us. And they can sometimes reflect back to us the things we maybe don't see because they come so naturally. And being able to find those folks who are willing to give us a little bit of their time and their insight.
1: I am so thrilled to see that you spend years building up that, that support ecosystem around yourself by supporting the people that were in your orbit. And to see that those people showed up for you when you needed them makes me really happy. And I hope that whoever is listening to this has that kind of support network. And if you don't and you need it, please reach out to me or reach out to your community. We all need those people around us who can give us a soft landing or who can lend an ear or who can give us that kind of feedback that you just talked about. So I am super happy and and not at all surprised that you had that network. But I don't want to take that for granted because that is a wonderful testament to to your role in your community and to how people perceive not just what you do, but who you are and how you show up for your community, which is awesome. Any, anyway, I feel like we've unpacked so much already, but I do want to make some space in case there are some other lessons learned that you want to share in hindsight about how this all went down, how you process through it. Um, has How has that influenced you, be it personally or professionally? Since leaving that organization five years ago,
0: yeah, you know five years is actually a really long time, and that was actually one of my reflections during Annie Tober this year is if you had told me five years ago, when I was deeply sad and very like i don't know what to do next, that I would be able to say that right now today I'm working in a role that I care about it's truly fulfilling i the, the community that I had built um while i was in that organization has not like poof disappeared the true connections really have sustained and that is such a beautiful gift i think that we can say like i can loosely hold the types of things that i'm creating and what's meaningful will stay or what other people are also finding meaningful they will work at too it's not totally one sided and so those connections i think some of us ecosystem builders are worried about losing if we quit our job as an ecosystem builder, those are not necessarily like, right, some of the loose connections, the more networky connections, those might fade away. But the ones that were true, meaningful human connections will stick around and stick with us. And then I think another lesson that just comes to mind is that sometimes experiences teach us what we don't want to do as much as they teach us what to do, right? Some things, some experiences are a model of like, I want to recreate that and I want to have that um, knowledge to carry with me to repeat and replicate. And other times they're hard lessons and they kind of suck, but they teach you what it feels like to be on the other side of someone's ex- actions or words. And so it has made me super conscious as a supervisor of professional staff, graduate students, and students to say, how am I showing up every day? On days when I'm having an off day, how can I actually just name that so that they know it's not them, right? So like the other day we were coming into a budget meeting and it's budget season around here and that's not always the most fun in higher ed right now. And so I just said, hey, I just want you to hear that none of none – of, Maybe the energy I'm showing up with today is personal. My cat threw up all over this morning, and so it's been a rough day. Um, because I think that was sometimes like that idea of walking on eggshells around someone who has power in your, in your orbit can be really hard. And so it just really made me think about um, just the different ways that power shows up in organizational structures and how I make sure not to exercise power over people. Um, and so that's a lesson that I've taken with me um, because I experienced a not so great side of it. Um, and just, again, that idea of like the energy that I'm bringing, people can feel. And I actually have a sign in my office that says, you are responsible for the energy that you bring to any space. And it is a reminder to myself as I walk into my office every single day that like, How I'm going to show up today is a choice. And like, no matter what's going on outside, I can choose to reveal that when it's appropriate so that folks know, hey, my energy is a little low, my energy is a little off. That I can say, hey, do I need to take five minutes and do some deep breathing or like a quick meditation to get myself in a different headspace? Or it's a reminder sometimes when I'm coming back from a tough meeting that I'm like, okay, that meeting was hard, but that is been time boxed. And I need to set that aside for now to show up well in the next thing I need to do because my day is never like just one thing. It is inevitably eight hours worth of this thing over here and that meeting over there and meeting with this student and all those different types of things. And so I think I just, I'm really conscious of how my energy and how I'm shrugged up and the words I'm using affect others.
1: Wonderful. Any, if, and I, I hope this doesn't happen, but you know, one thing I've learned throughout the season is Quitting and, and transitions are just part of life. When you find yourself moving towards the quit again, either because it's justified or maybe you're just overwhelmed, tired, you haven't taken the time to listen to yourself. What do you do to
0: take care of yourself? I love that question because it's a question I didn't used to know how to ask myself. And I think five, again, kind of five years removed from those really hard days, um, has taught me that I actually do need really good habits. And I think I used to think that I could like muscle through anything. And so now when I find myself muscling, I pause and I say, why am I muscling? What am I striving for? What am I pushing against? Why Why is this seem hard? And so it just, I think it has taught me to create that space between how I'm feeling and what is happening and try to unpack it a little bit so I can say, hey, you know what? I've been having a really full week. And so I've been skipping my yoga or I might need actually to say no to an event that maybe I was even looking forward to, or maybe I have coffee scheduled with someone and I don't think I would be able to show up with the best energy. And I need to just ask for, could we reschedule? I don't know if I can show up well today or show up and give you my full attention. And so I think it has taught me a lot more to just say, it's okay to ask, <laughs> to ask for space, to ask for rescheduling, to ask for whatever it is I think I've identified needing. Um, because so often it was before, just like heads down, grind it out. You can get through it. I'm tough, and I think just letting go of that identity of toughness or that I could do it all um, was hard. It was not easy to get to that point. And trust me, when <laughs> my various counselors would tell you, like, it has taken Annie, you know, not like one session, but like 47 sessions to get to a place where I can, <laughs> like, identify that I have been. Maybe grinding a little too hard or pushing a little too hard, right? And like things ebb and flow. Seasons flex. But um, when I can tell that that's been a sustained, like harder effort, I say, okay, what habits have I been skipping? What space do I need? And who do I need to ask to listen to me? Whether that's a counselor or a friend or a partner, just those are my three things of like physical time, mental time, and people time.
1: I admire that because I haven't even had session one of 47. (laughs) <laughs> who start changing my mindset around that. I was talking to my husband the other day where we're both so committed to what's on our calendar that rescheduling, is, no, like that's not an option because in, in my case, if I reschedule, I feel like, oh, it's such a headache to find a new time because this person's never available or I'm never in that part of the valley or blah, blah, blah. That I'm like, it is too much stress to think about rescheduling. So I am going to muscle through. And then when I do, I feel exhausted, I feel angry with myself, I'm frustrated that I was so hard on myself. And you're right, I am not bringing my best self. And that's neither fair to me nor to the person I'm meeting with. But it's so hard to get out of that mindset because you're right, like part of my identity I think is really tied to that. I'm productive, I get everything done, I always show up on time, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's not quality work, it's quantity but definitely not quality. So I still have a lot to learn from you, Annie, which is again, why you are on this show.
0: (laughs) Well, I am definitely not perfect at it, but I just aim for better than I used to be.
1: You are a beautiful work in progress and I love watching you grow and explore. And I'm really grateful that you share this so openly here on the show, but also on your Instagram and your reflections. So thank you. Before we move on to the rapid fire round, I want to let everybody know that they can find Annie on LinkedIn, Annie Wood, and on Instagram as Annie like the musical. So if you want a little bit more Annie in your life, and I'm pretty sure that after this conversation, everybody does, go find Annie. And if you're ever in Fargo, North Dakota, you can go and uh, visit Annie and just pretend to be a student at her school and uh, she will take you under your wings.
0: You don't have to pretend to be a student. I'd love to hang out with anyone who wants to visit Fargo.
1: Even better, nobody has to make up any stories. Just uh, buy her coffee and, and listen and, and soak it all up. I think that's a wonderful idea. Um, Annie, first things first. Quitting
0: is? The best gift I ever gave myself. Oh, I love it.
1: Who is an ecosystem builder that everybody else should know about?
0: I'm not sure if you might consider her an ecosystem builder in the super traditional sense, but someone whose work I have followed for a long time and I implement a lot in my community building work is Priya Parker. She originally started her life as a conflict negotiator, uh, but has put out a book uh, called The Art of Gathering that I have. I have actually a couple copies of that I love to loan out to people and I have earmarked and all those things. I just think that she has a really beautiful um, way of framing connection and creating space together.
1: Absolutely. She puts so much meaning into gathering and how we gather and what matters. I can totally see you and that book in like one beautiful little universe. That's a perfect fit. (laughs) Um, Lastly, what is one resource or two or three that you want everybody else to know about?
0: So I would actually love, the book that I mentioned earlier is called The Inventurers. It's a book and also kind of a workbook built in about life and career renewal. And it was so helpful to me in that transition of I'm not going to be an ecosystem building work specifically anymore, but how do I think about what that meant for me and what it could mean for me in the future? And so that book uh, is published. You can find it where a lot of books are sold, uh, The Inventurers. And it's just a tremendous guide for thinking about things, thinking about what career means, what work means. And then I loved that it had the workbook component to it because I'm really good at like power reading through a book. Um, and But instead they built in, you know, hey, here's a page that we left blank for you to write on. Or hey, here's a question for you to think about. Or here's something for you to talk to a mentor about. So it was really helpful that it wasn't just another personal development book to read. It really guided you through the process.
1: I love me a good workbook that fosters reflection and a little bit of introspection, so I'm totally with you. Annie, is there anything I haven't asked you that you uh, want to make sure that our readers hear before we jump off?
0: I think the hope that I would have if you've listened in today is just really that you are the expert on yourself, and too often we discount the things that our body is telling us, that our hearts are telling us, and that our brains are telling us in service of what? Um, Ignoring yourself only leads to you probably becoming more frustrated, more disconnected, and more unsure of why you're spending your time doing what you're doing. So listen to those small voices. Listen to those whispers. Uh, Sometimes they aren't about big, crazy, wild dreams. Sometimes it's just about bringing you back to yourself. And so making time and space to listen for those things is a gift you can give yourself. It doesn't mean quitting your job and taking a month off Maybe it does mean that, but it also can mean, hey, I might need to take a three day weekend, or hey, I might need to schedule a coffee date with someone that I really care about who can listen to me. So just taking the things that your your body, your brain, and your heart are asking for and delivering on those because it's it's you taking care of you that's gonna help you stay sustained over the long term.
1: You are the expert on yourself. What a wonderful note to end on. Annie, I can't thank you enough for making the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much for sharing so openly and with so much kindness so that we can learn from your experience and uh, hopefully continue continue to stay part of your universe. Thanks for being on the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Great to talk to you.
1: To learn more about Annie and follow her adventures of Annie Tober, find her on Instagram under Annie underscore like the musical and connect with her on LinkedIn. I pay my respect to the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live the Monacan, Shawanda Setula, and Monahawk people. I recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. I pay respect to Ella's past, present, and emerging. This episode was produced by Yellow House Media.